Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig. Welcome to the NARPM Podcast Show, and thank you for joining us today. I'm interviewing Kelly Tolson, who is the 2020 past president of NARPM. Kelly's a MPM, RMP, the executive vice president and co-founder of T-Square Properties in the greater Seattle area. She began her 27-year career in property management as a landlord managing her own investment properties. After developing systems, processes, and industry-leading service standards that answer needs in the marketplace for high-quality, tech-driven, and cost-effective property management, she and her team have grown T-Square properties to over 600 single-family rentals and over 100 homeowner associations. Kelly holds a bachelor's degree in behavioral science from San Jose State University and served as the 2020 president of NARPM and is currently serving as the National Instructor Subcommittee Chairperson for NARPM. For over eight years now, Kelly has been a certified continuing education real estate instructor for the state of Washington and a national instructor for NARPM. To say this lady has a bunch of property management knowledge in her head is an understatement, and I'm really, really looking forward to having our conversation with Kelly. However, before that, let's get to our topic, the hot topic. So I want to talk about something that's actually happened to me just recently. So if you're listening, many of you know that I used to own Empire Industries Property Management and I sold Empire in October of 2019. Well, in August of 2021, I was served with, with a lawsuit for, from Empire. So uh, Empire got served with a lawsuit. I'm the registered agent, so they came to my house to serve me. So thank, thank, thank for me. Great for me. Anyway, it was a resident that uh, had a, they were there from 18 to August of 19, so right before I, I sold, so it's not a mind issue, it's an empire issue, and uh, they were suing, they're suing me for a million dollars in damages based on negligence, and I won't get into the case because the case is still ongoing, but here's a lesson I learned, all right, so Obviously, I'm like, well, this is just an E&O case, and I'm going to go ahead and get this over to my insurance agent, and my insurance agent is going to work with the insurance company, and the insurance company will defend me just like it has in the past. No, uh, no harm, no foul. Well, come to find out that the insurance company denied, denied me, denied defending me. And so what I realized was there are two types of policies There is a claims-based policy and an occurrence-based policy. If you didn't know this, don't feel bad because I did not know this either. And so this is what's important. For a claims-based policy, they're typically cheaper. And what happens is the incident has to happen during the coverage period, but the claim also has to be made during the coverage period. Do you see the issue here for me? We sold Empire in 19. I got the claim came in or I got served in 2021 and I put the claim in. Do you think I still had coverage? So the mistake here is I did not have occurrence-based coverage. Now with occurrence-based coverage, as long whenever the occurrence happens, if it happens inside that that policy period, regardless when the claim is made, you are covered. Now most of us have claim-based coverage because it's just cheaper. So by not having the occurrence-based coverage, I got denied. Now, if I would have kept my coverage going, it's called, I think it's called like a tail policy or tailwind policy, and you'll have to do some diligence on that. But what I should have done is I should have kept my policy going, have this tailwind, because even though I am not in business anymore, um, 
your policy is basically, you know, the, uh, the amount of the policy is t- typically tied to your revenue. So I would have paid a lot less for the policy, but I w- would have still had to pay something. But if I would have had this tailwind policy, I still would have had coverage. And when I made this claim, then the insurance would have defended. Now, we know, uh, I don't know if this is a state of Texas or a federal deal, but, you know, you have, they have two years to make a claim on negligence, four years to make a claim if it's like a breach of contract or some type of contract challenge. So by not having the tailwind coverage uh, and not having that policy, guess what happens? I don't get covered. Now, most of us may change providers year over year because we're going to get a better, uh, a, a better deal. You know, so maybe I'm on provider A, but then, you know, they raise my rates and then provider B comes in and says, oh, I can reduce your rates. And then you go to provider B. You may want to check with your insurance agent that if you were on a claims based policy and something happens on that coverage with 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 insurer A, are you still covered? So. This is going to cost me, you know, obviously it won't cost me a million dollars, but it's going to cost me thousands and thousands of dollars to, to defend on a company that's not making any money anymore because the company obviously has been closed down. Yeah. So if you see me at some of the conferences and you want to ask me about it, I'll tell you more uh, right now. That's all, that's all the info I have, but go back, check your, out your E&O policies, make sure you have an occurrence-based or if you do have a claim based and you're looking to sell, when you sell, make sure you keep that tailwind policy out there for at least four years. That's right, four years. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to talk to past president and PM extraordinaire with tons of knowledge in that brain of hers. We're going to be talking to Kelly here in a minute. Thanks, everybody. See you in a second. Create the best move-in experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today. And welcome back, everybody, to the NARPM podcast. So we're so I'm so grateful to have my friend and past president, Kelly Tolleson, here today. So, Kelly, thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate that. Kate, it's my privilege to spend the time with you. Thank you. With, with the voice of NARPM. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of NARPM. So, has- Kelly, for the, for the few people that don't know who you are, right, as a past president, I'm sure most of the membership knows who you are. But give us a little background. How did you actually get into PM? And how did you get started? And then how many units did you have? And give us the breakdown. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. And it's I don't think it's too unique. You know, a lot of uh, property managers that I've third party property managers that I've run into have gotten into it accidentally, like I did. My husband, Tom, and I started buying and trying to sell. We, We started actually with HUD foreclosures in our area back in the late 90s, early 2000s. We found that we could get them discounted, not full price. They would sell, if they sat long enough on the market, you know, we could get them 87, 88% of market value. And so we, that's how we started. 
And when they didn't sell right away, we, we do carpet or paint. We do condos, little one bedroom condos. Sometimes we get a two bedroom. They weren't expensive back then. And we were able to kind of just enter the market at that, at that niche. And then when they didn't sell quickly enough, we'd hold on to them and just, we tried renting them. So my very first tenant, I think she was a single mom and she would say, oh, I can't pay rent. And would it be okay if I'm late? And of course, not knowing what I was doing. Sure, you can be late, that's no problem. And uh, it became a problem and I learned a lot by making mistakes on my own properties. And I tell people often, I'm a terrible landlord for myself, but for others, I have to answer to them. And I have created in our company, we've created a lot of policies, procedures, and all that good stuff to make it better make it better. So yeah, that's how we started. So and how did you end up like, how'd you end up third party managing? So yeah, I was going to say, so the next conversation that we had a couple years after we had gotten into this was from a neighbor who was moving to uh, central Washington to, he bought an apple orchard and he had seven rentals, four duplexes and three single families or two duplexes and single, three single families. And so he said, can you guys manage these? I know you have rentals. And we said, yeah, we can, we can do that. Tom was a designated broker and I was an agent at the time and they called them agents. And so that was our first addition to our portfolio. And then we had a neighbor that moved across country. Uh, she said, can you manage my property? And then eventually we Tom and I just decided, well, he kind of had the idea that we need to do this as a viable business. You know, there's not a lot of people doing it or doing it as well as we think we can and as we have been. And so we just put an ad out in APM with APM when APM was back in yeah, the all, hills all of Washington. Management. Yeah, yeah, all, all property management. management. It was two guys running a company out of um, what they call the North Cascades here in Washington. And so we started getting leads and Tom was working his corporate job. And I just started picking up accounts here and there and went to our first NARPM convention in 2005. I think we had 25 doors and like probably six of them were our own. So, so yeah, that's how we got started. And then once I got into NARPM, you know, it was, the sky was the limit after that as to how to do it and yeah. what to know and who to learn from and things to implement and so on. So. And, and so, uh, how many properties are you managing currently and what's the breakdown as far as like multifamily HOAs, things of that nature? So we're managing 609 residential rentals and, uh, about, I think we're at 110 homeowner associations right now, which is probably, I want to say 6,000 doors or so. We, we don't really count doors, uh, because it, what we've learned in the HOA business is it really doesn't matter if they have 10 doors or a thousand doors in their association. Oftentimes the workload can be misleading, right? In the association world. So 110 associations that we manage and that's really our breakdown. We used to do a little commercial. We also have a maintenance team, a maintenance company, but uh, we got out of the commercial. And so we've got a maintenance company that manages and helps facilitate all the repairs and maintenance of all that inventory. Just curious, is there a NARPM association for HOAs, HOA management? There is not yet. Although we did start at the last broker owner, we started a mastermind for HOA managers in NARPM. There is a whole nother organization called CAI, which is Community Association International. Okay. And that's where people would go for education in HOA world, education and networking. Got it. So, so Kelly, you've given back to NARPM, culminating in being the past president or the president of 2020. So yeah. why have you given back so much to NARPM? Well, like I said, um, in 2005, when I went to my first convention, I was really taken aback by the level of professionalism within the organization. And I wasn't, wasn't expecting that at all. I really didn't know what to expect. You know, the industry has changed so much over the last 15, 20 years. And I guess I thought we were going to, it was going to be something really different and it wasn't. It's been a great organization to learn from, to stay involved with. And, and I think really Pete, a couple of reasons I remember having a conversation a few years back with a group of women in property management or in NARPM that has, have been in leadership and talking about why did you want to lead? And I wager to say there, there's definitely a portion of me that wants to give back, but there's definitely a portion that is, is 
there's some ego involvement, right? There, I feel good about it when people say, oh, I know who you are. I learned this from you. I went to this one class you had, or you did such a great job at this. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, maybe just pat me on the head and being nice. But <laughs> I think there's, a, I wanted, I had gotten so much from the organization from like 2005 until throughout the years, but in 2010, nine and 10, I got really involved in my local chapter. And it just, the more I got involved, the better I felt about being involved. And the more I got involved and the more I started giving, the more I would get back. And so for me, that's what it was. It was very, very reciprocal that, and then, you know, there's that old adage, the more you give, the more you get. And that's exactly what happened is I just more and more kept coming to me the law of attraction as the more I gave away. And so, you know, I just have friends all over the country because of this organization, or if I were to even connect with somebody that I've never met and say, oh, I, you're in NARPM and I've been in NARPM for years and there would be that connection. It's, it's about finding your tribe and your people and just being able to support others and getting support from others. So. So we've become <clears throat> very friendly over the last few years. Yes. We, we served together yes. on the board back in 19 and 20. So mm -hmm. I was one of your underlings while you were the president, you know, doing all the dirty work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. You did a great job as well. And, you know, that's one of the things that I love about it is you get to meet those people on a, on, on a level that you wouldn't necessarily get to otherwise by staying involved, you know? So we've got to know each other, but I did not know that you were actually selling your, your company, your business. Yeah. And then yes. you, you called me one day and you basically told me that, yeah, I sold. Meanwhile, we had conversations early on like that year that you were talking about, like, I don't know, I'm probably not going to sell. So mm -hmm. this was really big news to me. Yeah. And I know we just came back from the PMM con. We're, we're taping this. We're in May. At the end of May, we're taping this. And I actually just gave a presentation about my experience selling. So uh -huh. what, what I'd like to do today, because then you and I had a sidebar and we started talking. I'm like, oh, my God, your story is just is just so awesome. We should yeah. tell we should tell the members about your story. Yeah. So the main crux of this today is we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, when you went from I don't want to sell to actually selling. So tell us a little bit about what happened there. Right. Right. So it, it wasn't so much I didn't want to sell. It was all about the timing. And. So here, starting back even to the beginning of T-Score Properties, I am not a, a huge forward thinker. Tom, in our relationship, is the forward thinker. I am, okay, well, the kids have a baseball practice, soccer practice, and two games next week. How are we going to make that all happen? Where he's thinking about their college education, right? <laughs> so, and they're all grown now. So this, this just our mindsets. And so when Tom came home and said, hey, we need to start this business, I said, no, I'm fine. I really like our, just my little thing that I do every day. And I volunteer at school and blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to today, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I really love the industry. And I love what I do. And Tom and I have talked about forward thinking, but really neither of us have said it's time. And what happened, two very impactful events. And until those that are listening and for you, Pete, till you get there, I never would have expected it. Tom and I both turned 60 last year. And to have those words come out of your mouth, the 60. word 60, it's so much closer to the end than any other age that you might be feeling, right? I guess um, some 80-year-olds might disagree with you, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and I know 60 is the new 45 maybe or something. I don't feel that age. I don't think I act that age. I don't think that age. That was one of the things that was more, that was one of the things. And then we had a very, very, very close friend 59 years old, just unexpectedly not wake up one day, just went to bed at night. Everything's the same as it what we would expect it to be and woke up on a Sunday morning, almost a year to the day on it was May 23rd last year. He was very close friends. He and his wife and, and Tom and I would do a lot of things together, spend time together. And that was a really huge impact on us to really take a look at what is our plan things do happen to people. What, what is our plan? And our two of our main goals 
was number one for us to have an exit plan, but also to have something for our team. We have about 30 people, 30 families that T-Square Properties supports. And what does that mean for our team? If we need to be realistic about it, but we also need to, we, you know, we hadn't really put that in the, to the ingredients of what are we going to do next as far as what are we going to physically do about the company or with the company. We have three grown children. We had a family meeting early on last year and said, hey, this is the conversation that dad and I are having or what is it you guys want? And we have one son who's a wildland firefighter who's 26 years old and his response was not only no but hell no (laughs) the other two are not quite ready for it and you know they they have been in the industry they don't dislike it but they're just not ready to have the company be their own and they were in support of what our path was Fast forward then last year, we had had conversations with different companies that had approached us about selling. We're that demographic, right? That mm-hmm. we're looking to get out. And now that, none you, of, now that you hit 60, right? <laughs> now that we hit 60, yes. Um, but none of the presentations really click. They, they, were, they were worth talking about, definitely. And the companies were all very viable in how we could see our company going forward. When the Company Kit Guerin came to us. He and the company we sold to was Associa and Rome. When they came to us, their variables were set up a little differently. For one, it was an equity purchase, which made set more sense to us than any other approach that we had heard and that was presented to us. And what that means is that they didn't just come in and buy our, our contracts, they bought the whole corporation. So we just sold our corporate, our 100% of the corporation to another entity. So we didn't have to change our agreements. We don't have to change our name. The corporation stays the same. It's still T-Square Real Estate Services, Inc. Yeah, that's DBA. big because that's that's liability that they're taking on as the They took on all company. the assets and the liabilities, every paper clip, every telephone, you know, all the computers, everything. Any potential lawsuits, right? Because lawsuits could happen four or five years, like, you know, what is it? Two to three years previously. And exactly. If it was previously, then we would be responsible previous to the sale date. If it's post sale date, then of course we've got all that support. Got it. Okay. So thank goodness, knock on wood, we haven't had either yet. So that's good. But that was, that was one of the other things. The, The other thing that one of the several things that when we talked through this, we wanted to make sure that our team would be well cared for, if you will, when we step out. And Associa has been through a lot of acquisitions over the years. They're a 42-year-old company, which really gave us peace of mind as well. And they have gone in and bought companies and tried to, or pushed in, or I don't know exactly how to describe it, tried to make that branch the Associa branch, whereas over the years, they've learned that they're buying the company that's successful in that market that has the brand. And so now they're at the point where they just leave us alone. We have acclimated some of our processes, but it's mostly on the corporate level. So my team, if you ask the team, has anything changed after six, it's been six months now, they would say, no, I don't even think about it. And, you know, we're, we're progressing into some of the HR stuff and some of the payroll stuff and all that. But as far as day-to-day operation, we still are operating it and expect to do so as we have over the last 20 years, 25 years, because that's what they purchased was the success of our operation. So just real quick, was Associa a better fit mainly because they do HOA or was it, was that part of the equation or did that it's, really not- it was definitely part of the equation. The other companies that we spoke to have HOA business, that division or that department, but what they didn't have it as developed as we had would, would have wanted to participate in. There was a lot of conversations prior to Associa and Rome coming in that we, you know, maybe you and that Tom and I would help them build their association division. And when we look, got down to it, it's, you know, we've, again, we're 60, not ready to rebuild, help build another business, another company, another, and not that we couldn't or wouldn't have, it just really, when we, when the rubber met the road, was that really what we wanted to do? 
The other thing, so yes, to answer your question, yes, the fact that Associa started with association management and has our association revenue, department revenue has surpassed our rental revenue, which is ironic because back when we started T-Square, association management was a redheaded stepchild and now <laughs> the rentals are to Associa. But we're working with a great rentals team, Rome with Charles Riska and his team. And uh, they're just, um, it's a, what I love about that too, is I can take what I know in the rentals residential rental division and hopefully springboard into what they're doing nationally with Rome in their growth. So when you were going through these negotiations, did you decide that you're going to have a, have a job role with associate Rome or do you have an exit strategy? Are you going to, are you going to roll out? Like, cause like when, when, when Steve and I sold, we were yeah. looking to help build, right? We were, we were in our mid to like late forties, I guess, but we're looking yeah. at, and so, so you're not looking for a second career here, right? You're, you're, but so tell well, us how that, how that right. worked. Yeah. Kind of. So one of the things that, that NARPM's afforded me the opportunity to learn about myself is I really enjoy teaching and training and developing personnel and, and helping people get to their goals and springboard from where they are to where they could be in advancement and success and achievement. And so we do, Tom and I will be in the business for, you know, a couple of years. We want to make sure the transition is good. We want to make sure that we have people in place and it and two years, it could be three or four years, depending, you know, on what happens. It, you know, we've built T-Square from the ground up. It's, a, it's our baby. We're not going to just let it flounder and leave it for someone else to figure out, right? So we'll be here as long as it takes to make sure that it's in good hands with Associa and Rome. But I do hope to have a, what do I call it, my third act with Associa and Rome in a and on the Rome side specifically for me personally is to to get into that development and training portion of that what they have what they want what we can build over there. Yeah. So that was that was separate from the sale though, correct? Like yes, the correct. Contract. We are employees <clears throat> now, and we will be for you know, like I said, as long as it takes to get the transition successfully made and where the team is is taken care of and the the you know the profitability of the company is going to be maintained. So I tease that I am no longer employable. So how, how does the title employee fit with somebody who's built an incredible business over the last, you know, 15 to 20 years? Well, two things. There's some processes that we are learning because we've been acquired and rightfully so associate in Rome want to know what our income and expenses are and so on. So we're having to report those corporate to someone else, which I'm not going to lie, it was a little bit painful, uh, uncomfortable, but the people that we're working with are absolutely incredible. They are very understanding of where we're coming from, that we've been uh, entrepreneurs and self-employed for years. And don't get me wrong, we've been employees of T-Square, but we've been running that employment show, right? Yeah, so that's, that's for tax purposes only. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, when we went through the decision to, to make this decision, are we ready to answer to the man, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it hasn't been like that at all, Pete. We have found that with this organization, we have gotten nothing but support. And whenever there is a requirement to be made, it's given with plenty of training, plenty of lead time, plenty of opportunity for us to ask why, what, what is this about? What do we need to do here? And there's some things that even that we've said, well, we're not ready to, to go with that yet. So can we postpone that? And they've said, sure, let's talk about it in Q3 or Q4. Some is non-negotiable. Some is like, yeah, you need to report all your receivables to us and you need to report all your payables and then we'll keep the books. And that's fine. It, a lot of it was my naivete and not knowing what to expect. I'm not, I don't have uh, a huge high level of business acumen as some people do tom for one expected these things and we just never had the conversation i didn't know what questions to ask but it's been a really so far a pretty good experience in, in the expectations i'm still able to attend the narpam events without having to ask for permission and all that stuff so now did tom yeah. take a role in the company as well he's he's the president of the branch i'm the vice president of the branch and then basically we're just doing the same things we were doing pre-acquisition, right? Cool. 
Yeah. And so going forward, you know, I'm not sure how he's going to want to proceed, but he, you know, we're talking about it and thinking about it and what, what will happen. So let's talk a little bit about the team. Like you said, it was really important yeah. that the team was well taken care of, but this is a big change, even if it's a name only and, but, but people freak out. When did you tell the team? How did you break it to them? Yeah. And, and so how, how did that go? Cause you know, it's a kind of a, it's a delicate balance on when you're actually negotiating the contract and then like you're, you're, you're there, right? If you tell them yeah. too soon, they get, they get stressed out. If you tell them too late, they get mad. Right. So how'd you guys do it? Right. So we, what we did is we took our executive, our, our, I don't know, executive level team or those managers that we felt and those team members that we felt were kind of not yeah, just like key, a, the key, regular key players. Key player, that's the word I'm trying to think of. Thank you. Yeah. Key personnel and key, key team members. And we took them to lunch. And I'm sure that they were concerned about what that lunch was going to be about. I don't remember that we gave them a whole lot of lead time on we're going to lunch, but it was our general manager of our maintenance team, our bookkeeping manager in the HOA department, our rentals property manager. She's been with us for seven plus years our vice president of HOA division. She's been with us 15 years and I'm probably missing somebody in so there. So did you have, did this... you have this lunch while you're in discovery or did you have this lunch? No, okay. after we signed, after everything signed. was done okay. after, after we how all did signed. You, after... How did you do all the discovery without letting anybody know? Cause they have to do so, a lot. There's a lot of work that, that happens in discovery. Uh, sometimes the explanation, it was a lot of work that I, Tom and I did, nobody else did it. So we did okay. not tap into our team for that. I did have to tap into our IT. Our he's a third-party IT. We call him our IT guy. I, SMB Technologies. He was he's been with us ever since we've been since 2006. So he knows our business, and I I had to explain to him that we were looking at some insurance issues, and could he help me with why we have a server and what does that server do, and you know all the stuff I didn't know, and so and he's he's actually been really supportive of the whole thing. So it, once it all came out. But we took everybody to lunch and we just said it that, you know, we we've established an exit plan is what we called it. We didn't say, oh, we sold the company. Um, we because I think the team it's important that your team feel that you're not escaping, that you're still going to be there. You're not just just leaving and, and running away. And, and that's what it was. It was an exit plan. And we told them that, you know, Tom and I aren't going anywhere for a couple of years. We've been assured that nothing's going to change operationally. And so, yeah, we had, we had this conversation with the team and then we asked them not to say anything. And then until the next morning, we had an all team zoom teams call. We have a, a probably almost 50% of our team is remote from what at one day or another. And so we did an all teams team meeting and announced it to the team at that point. We debated about doing it one-on-one, -on -one, but we felt like if we sent the same message to everybody that we would invite them to come see either Tom or myself at any time, if they had any concerns. So. Did you, with, uh, with going to a bigger company, normally they have better benefits and normally they have better opportunity. Is that some yeah. of the things that you told the team, like this is good for them and here's why? Yes. Absolutely. We, and mostly it was, we have a really competitive benefits package. And one of the things I will say about our new company is we, we offer a $500 stipend for education. The new company has a deep discount for HOA association management classes. And so we're able to take advantage of both where we can. So that means instead of taking one class with that $500, our team can now take two classes with that discount that we get through the other come through associates benefits. So that's been really great. But yes, we, what we talked about mostly Pete and with small companies like ours prior to the sale, although we like to think that there's a lot of opportunity, there isn't necessarily a lot of opportunity at the higher levels because as a, a, with a small company, as you get higher up, there's fewer people that are doing it. Right. So that is the one thing that we did talk about. We talked one of the things we talked about too, is that every time we've, we met someone new with Associa, they would say, welcome to the Associa family. And that's how we feel about T-Square is we talk about our T-Square family. And that was really important to us. But we did talk about the growth opportunities that, you know, if someone's spouse was being relocated across the country, more than likely Associa would have an opportunity in that area. 
to do that. Or if there were certain development areas that they wanted to look into with Rome, perhaps there would be something in the Reynolds division that would be something more advanced than what we could offer here. So you're six months in, is everybody still with the company? Did anybody leave? And did anybody move to a different role inside the new bigger company out of your team? So no one's moved to a different role within Associa yet. Okay. No one, I believe, has, it, we have had minimal turnover in the last six months, knock on wood. What we have had is a little bit of hiring because we're growing. Right. So um, that's been really great. And that's mostly on the association side. Nobody has left because they said, I don't want to be a part of the growth. What we asked the team to do when we did make the announcement is just wait for the dust to settle and then let's see what changes. And nobody has said, as a matter of fact, I think we were at the, we went to the Washington State uh, NARPM conference in Boise, Idaho, which was really masqueraded as a Northwest Regional Conference and had a great time. And one of the team members that was there said, it doesn't even feel like we've sold, nothing's changed which I think is a testament. Yeah. A testament to, to what we told them would happen and what is happening. Again, like I said, on the HOA side with some of the reporting that we do to to corporate has changed, but it doesn't, hasn't really impacted the day-to-day except for maybe my bookkeeper once or twice a month, two or three times a month. So so no, nothing changed with the sales side of things, the marketing side of things? Nothing. It, it, nothing. Yet. So we, we asked, we did ask if we could wait to make any industry-wide announcement because we just wanted the dust to settle. We wanted our clients, especially on the association side, to experience the fact that there hasn't been a change so that when the announcement is made, they could say... They couldn't say, well, everything's changed since you sold when it hasn't. And so we wanted that opportunity to establish that trust with our clients. Now, what about software? Software on the HOA side and on the rental side, is that something that's in the the process of moving towards the software to their software? No. On the rental side, Rome uses Appfolio, which we use and have been using for 11 or 12 years. We ask them the same thing in, in our due diligence and working with them through the through the discussions. And they said, if it's working for you and you remain profitable, we're all good. And nothing has changed. Wow. They're not even telling us that we have to change. So what I think, what I think they've learned is that it's better for the branch to come to them to ask for resources than for them to force those resources on the branch. Associa has a really great software, proprietary software program called Town Square, I believe. And eventually we may move over. But, that's at, but that's at your discretion. That's at our, our discretion mm-hmm. and it won't be in my career with T-Square. <laughs> <laughs> I am not signing up for another software change. <laughs> Did one, one is too many as it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I, you know, I'm sure a lot of it's really great stuff, but right now we're just going to keep doing what we do because it works. So and, um, if, yeah. so, if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking about like, maybe I, I'm thinking about selling, what are some of the things that you and Tom did to prepare T-Square that you'd be attractive as a company to be purchased? That is a great question. That is why I'm the voice of NARPM, Kelly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think, I think, you know, first of all, first and foremost is to get to a level where you're profitable, where anyone can see in your financials that you're profitable. It's not just the ins and outs that you have to tweak because if you move this money here and money there, that there, now I'm profitable. It's, I could say, I guess one of the things too is the NARPM accounting standards. There's really, there's no place to hide in there and you just use the NARPM accounting standards and we were able to prove profitability pretty easily. And we've been on there for about three or four years now. So that was helpful. I think one of the things, Pete, and, and you know, bottom line is, being acquired is going to get down to what is your profitability and how well do you manage your expenses and how well do you maximize your income and your growth patterns and that kind of thing. But two, for us on our side, it was about our company culture. And we knew what we, what kind of an, of a company we wanted to be with. We knew what our team, once we step out, what they would be looking for in, in a company culture. And we haven't even really exposed them a lot to what 
what the company culture is at Associa in Rome. We talk a little bit about it, but again, we didn't want a mass exodus. So we're just not talking a lot about the changes and there, there isn't, hasn't been any to talk about, but the ones that we have made, <clears throat> it's not, you know, when I'm grumbling about the new reports that I have to fill out and why do I have to do it this way and blah, 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 I'm not doing it out to the team in front of the, everybody. Right, right. So, um, yeah, one of the things that we learned early on was you have to have good books. You talked about the Northern County standards. If you have to have good books for at least three years is what I yeah. found. So if you are thinking about selling and your books are not in great shape, even especially over the last three years, go back and, and get those books fixed. Last yeah. question, Kelly, before we go to a break, is there anything that was kind of like after you sold was like a, a big surprise that you just would like would tell somebody, hey, this is something that you have to think about after you sell. Anything that you could think of that was like, oh, wow, I did not even think through, think about that. Like, well, and it wasn't even for me, it was again, you know, I, I'm on the, the operational side and I don't have a business degree. I didn't, I don't have an MBA. I'm, I'm just not, that's not my DNA. I'm more of the people side and the, the, how do we make this work and fit there and so on. So it wasn't even after the sale, Pete, for me, it was the due diligence I had no idea that it would be as thorough as it was. And I really didn't understand what it was they were looking for. And perhaps it won't be the same when you do an asset sale, but they did a whole equity sale. So there was assets, liabilities, everything. I mean, we had to give them a list of every computer that we have in the office, the type of computer it was, who's using it, how many monitors do we have, wow. all of that. All, I mean, it was down to a lot of information that I was very frustrated about not knowing now, of course, having gone through it, it makes complete sense, right? And, but at, at the time, I was like, I don't understand why they're the ones that are coming to us to buy our company. Why are we having to do all this? Why don't they come out and just <laughs> look this, at everything, yeah, get some yeah. inventory specialist here and mark it off a list? But, and, and the other thing too, on a positive side, I was a little skeptical about nothing's going to change. And honestly, I can say 110%, our operation is still operating the same way. My team will tell you that it, it hasn't felt like anything has, is different. Um, that's nice. So, so, that's so what's, what's, what, what's awesome about your situation with this particular sale is that you still are the business owner. You're just owning a business unit and you could be an, you can be very entrepreneurial inside this business unit in this bigger mm -hmm. company. Right. So, right. So of course, all the profits now go to Associate Rome and that's yeah, good. But you got a big but, profit when you sold that business and you still get a nice little salary, I'm sure. So, <laughs> all right, Kelly, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back and then you're going to, okay. we're going to come back we're gonna, and we're going to do the, the lightning round. That's my okay. sound effects. NARPM doesn't pay me for the big sound effects. The lightning okay. Round. All right. So we're going to be right back. Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S.com. Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance. PestShare, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations like bed bugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistance for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. 
VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part? VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit vpmsolutions.com and create your free account today. Welcome back, everybody, to the, the lightning round here with past president Kelly Tolson. Kelly, you ready for the lightning round? I am ready, Pete. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, one of one word or one sentence answers, but if you do want to expand okay. on it, feel free. Are these the same questions every episode? They, they change a little bit, uh, so okay. I don't use the same one. So hopefully, but, okay. but if you've listened to some episodes, you probably know some of the some of the questions. Okay. So um, okay. um, I know that you're you're one of the four people that downloaded. So da download the podcast. So I know you have answers to these already. All <laughs> um, right. What is one accomplishment or something unique about you that most people don't know? Uh, I wouldn't know if it was an accomplishment, but I went skydiving when I was 45, and it changed my life. Okay. Lost, lost, fear, lost fear for very, very many things that I had been fearful of for years. And I thought if I can, well, say jump out of a plane, but really the guy behind me that had the parachute on him, he pushed me out of that plane. <laughs> but if I can do that at 10,000 feet or whatever we were, uh, 3,000 feet or... Yeah, I, I think it was it probably, was. yeah, I think it was probably, it's probably close to 10,000 feet. 10,000. So. Yeah. If I can do that, then I don't need to be afraid of a lot of things. And that's when I, my career with, with NARPM really took off. And when I was able to really get through some things that I, I had been afraid of for years. Wow. So. Very cool. All right. So what is your company structure? Departmental. Okay. So it's interesting. So the HOA world is very, very portfolio style. But our res rental world is departmental. We, we like to maximize the benefit or maximize the strengths of every team member. So someone that's doing leasing isn't always very good, maybe at maintenance. Mm -hmm. So we have a leasing team, we have a maintenance team, we have a, a management team, we have two assistant property managers, one's a senior assistant property manager, and they're overseeing all of those by a property manager that kind of guides and directs all the, the stuff going on there. Nice. What is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in the PM business? Oh, wow. You know, the, my, my first thought was don't, but then I would, <laughs> pull back, I would pull back and say, join really honestly, join NARPM. If you're just starting out and, you know, hopefully there's people out there that are listening to this that maybe aren't NARPM members, but join NARPM. That was really the a pivotal point in our success as a company is when I, that whole door open to people that were willing to share their experiences with me as a new property management company owner and property manager and not knowing just, I mean, it was just light bulbs almost, yeah. you know, every day. I, I would on. actually take it even one step further, join NARPM, go to the national conferences and get involved. Yeah. I think those absolutely. three things, your business and your life will change. Absolutely. Yeah. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Depends on how much alcohol you've had. <laughs> so is that yes until you have too much or no until you have too much? Um, and then... well, I personally like a pineapple Canadian bacon and mushroom pizza, but I don't You're too order close to the border. Often. You're too close to the Canadian border up there. <laughs> that must State. be it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What book are you currently reading or one that has impacted your business or life? Uh, currently reading a book called What Happened to You? by Oprah Winfrey. And I'm sorry, I don't know the psychiatrist that she's writing, wrote, wrote it with, but it's okay. all about the theme is that everyone has a story and we don't always know what that story is. Instead of phrasing the question, like what's wrong with you? What happened to you is much more compassionate. And uh, in our industry, I, I teach our team. I, I spend a lot of time training and teaching the residential rental team. I don't, uh, we have a vice president that handles the HOA team. And I know that industry so much better, but um, you know, we can all agree that every day we're up against somebody that is mean or nasty or not happy or whatever. There's some sort of consternation going on. And if we approach those people with a thought, not necessarily literally what happened to you, I think we have a better chance of enjoying our day-to-day -day life by offering that, that shift in our thoughts. So that's the book that's really impacted me and my business. All right. 
Do you use virtual assistants? Hundred percent. Not a hundred percent of them are. I I think I've maxed out. Or as I, I, lots of things to say about VAs. I could do a whole other episode with you on VAs, but I think they actually have a great value, and I think the industry has really, and NARPM has really done a great job of maximizing how to use them. I would love to see that get more into the HOA world. They're a little few years behind that, and we're just now launching um, the hope that we would hire an assistant and they would eventually become a manager um, on the HOA side. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll have to talk to you. Maybe VPM can help push that along on the HOA side. I would love that conversation. Yes. Other than the NARPM radio podcast, what is another podcast you recommend? I don't know how vulnerable I want to get here. Where should I stay in business? Um, I listen to one that I really enjoy. It's a lot about uh, how to manage your life, maybe when things don't go well, or when you're in a situation, and it's called Recovery Elevator. And it's about recovering from addiction. And I love hearing the people's stories. I love the host who does it. He has some great intros. And then the other one I listen to regularly is on NPR. It's called The Moth. Moth. It's a bunch of The Moth. It's storytelling. It's amateur storytellers. And I love that. I love storytelling. Okay. I like that one. Do you have a business coach? You know, I don't have a formal business coach. I think all my NARPM friends are my business coaches. You know, I have to give a shout out to my husband, Tom. Uh, he has been an integral part of my development within business. And um, we don't always see eye to eye on everything, but he's got a great mind for business. And I've learned a lot from him. But as far as coaching and whatnot, I think it's been my NARPM friends. Got it. Do you prefer dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. You can't see my screensaver over here. It's my beautiful golden retriever. (laughs) Uh, Kelly, if someone was uh, moved that they wanted to reach out to you, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, They can reach me at ktollefson at tsquaremanagement.com. Will that be in the show notes? (laughs) No, I won't put them in the show notes, but they'll have to listen all the way through. If you want to join NARPM, go to narpm, N-A-R-P-M dot O-R-G, or call the good folks there at 800 seven eight two three four five two and if you are looking for a virtual team member remote team member virtual assistant contractor all of the above go to vpm virtual property management vpm solutions.com kelly thank you so much for being here and and sharing your story awesome i'm glad it's working out for you and your team yeah, thank you it was my pleasure to be here all right take care This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, the recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.